Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug here talking all things Disney. And Doug, welcome back stateside after your five-day cruise on the uh, Disney Wonder Alaskan. And that's what we're going to talk about, your trip report. But uh, I missed you. Didn't get to talk as much while you are gone. I know. When I was out at sea, you lose all connection. But it was a wonderful trip, Derek. Overall, you know, you're feeling pretty good. It's five days. Uh, enough time to enjoy Alaska. Um, there's never enough time on the Disney Cruise Line. That will be my blanket statement on length of cruise. The longer, the better. But I will say five days was better than zero days because when we were planning it, it was like, oh, we couldn't fit the seven days into our schedule. So five days was much better than zero. So we'll go with that. And for you guys who don't know, Doug, this is your fifth Disney Cruise and also no. your fourth. Oh, no, more? Sixth. Sixth Disney, Disney cruise, cruise. But it's your fourth ship. So you've done them all. Yes. And done so, all the ships. So my very last question, so hold on, you know, listen to us, because the very last question of this whole podcast is going to be, what is your overall favorite ship out of the fleet of four? You know, in a couple of years, it'll be seven. But uh, I think it's pretty amazing that you've done them all. Yeah, we, we made the cycle. So, yeah, we'll get into that at the end. So there's a tease to keep you listening. All right. Well, let's talk about logistics, because that's one question that we get quite a bit and we hear a lot of bit because Alaska is... A little bit of a ways away, and how yes. do you get up there? What port do you get to take? So let's talk about your trip out there. How did you get out there? Where did you go? You know, stay, and uh, where do you depart from? All right. So Disney Cruise Line sails out of Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, for their Alaskan cruises, and so you can go straight to Vancouver and then sail away from there. But we uh, went to Seattle first. My brother lives in Seattle, so we actually flew out on a Saturday night, and then we spent all day Sunday doing Seattle things um, with my brother, and then that uh, Monday morning, we did more Seattle things before we headed up to Vancouver. However, our flight out there, there's we're in the Midwest near Omaha is our main airport. There's a direct flight, um, but did we book that? No, we decided to save a whole bunch of money and fly to Phoenix and then to Seattle, so we had two three-hour-long flights in one day and got in at, like, midnight. So I don't recommend that. I questioned my travel agent the entire time, but she kept reminding me of how much money I saved. So it was all right. But uh, we got to Seattle, did our thing in Seattle, Space Needle, Truly Museum, uh, Pike's Market, Soft Fish Fly, that sort of stuff. Then we decided to take Amtrak to Vancouver. Derek, have you ever Amtracked anywhere? I have. I've gone from Lincoln, Nebraska to Denver, Colorado and back. Yeah? How was that? Uh, well, they were not on time either way. Mm. Uh, but once I got on, I fell asleep. It was great. But uh, yeah, they uh, had to wait like two hours for my train. Yeah. So we were late doing Amtrak. Uh, we only went one direction. We just went north. 
to Vancouver. Uh, it was great because it's just like Southwest. You get to check two bags for free. Um, you can have carry-ons, that sort of stuff. There's really not room. Like the carry-on bins above aren't very big. But uh, so we got you get assigned your seats when you check in, and so they have the whole cabin of cars where all the seats are facing forward except for the very front ones are facing backwards. So like four people stare at each other. So the guy gave us one set of four on one side of the aisle that stared at each other and then two that faced backwards. And so the girls all got to sit and like look at each other. Their feet were in the same space. Alden and I got to sit next to strangers and stare at them. So that was awkward and weird. And then they wanted to close the window because the sun was shining in. Well, it was shining in from a sunset. The only reason you booked the train is to see the scenery. That's why you go on the train. Um, so we're like, no, this nine-year-old boy wants to look out the window. Sorry, you're not closing his window. So then that was uncomfortable for another hour and a half before they got off the train. But it got us there. And then uh, off the train through customs, which was super quick, um, hopped in a cab. And they took us all the way to our hotel in Vancouver. And then we did Vancouver-y things. Do you think it was really smart to be able to take some extra time, uh, you know, a few extra days to get up there? You know, n- you never know if you're going to have flight delays or Amtrak delays and stuff. <laughs> as, you know, you're going north or the northwest, so you never know what kind of things might get in the way. You know, I they always say flying at least the day before your cruise. If our schedule allows to have a full day at our destination before the cruise, we'd like to do that. That way, if there is a major weather issue or a plane issue, that gives you more time to actually get to the port because it's it'd be tough. If something happened and got you bumped from the day before, there's not much time to get to your ship. So we do like taking that extra time. So we had a whole day in Vancouver. So had our train, like, I don't know, exploded, evaporated, something like that, and didn't get us there, we would have had a whole day to get there somehow. And in Vancouver, we got to see a few things. It was pretty neat. Although there's a forest fire in the interior right now, and all the smoke was blowing down to Vancouver, so it was like hazy. Um, you couldn't really see the mountains, but uh, we still had fun. Uh, we got to see another Olympic cauldron. We like to uh, – this is our third with the kids. For some reason, we seem to go seek those out. Um, so that was kind of fun, talk about the Olympics. And the kids kind of – they claim to remember the Olympics. We're like, sure you do, Claire. You were three. But uh, sure you do. Um, but then we stayed right downtown at Canada Place. That is where the port is. We stayed at the Pan Pacific Hotel, which is literally on the port. We crossed no streets, nothing like that, to get to the cruise terminal. Uh, we just – an elevator right away. Um, so that was about as convenient as you can get. Um, and then checking in, like it's a big convention center. So you just walk around and around and they have arrows and pointing and they sit in folding chairs and more folding chairs and more folding chairs. A lot of folding chairs at this port. Um, then we boarded an hour late. So to continue the late train, we were late flying in, late on the train and late on the cruise. So that's three for three on things to be late for. But we got to meet Captain Mickey and Minnie in the cruise terminal before we even got on board. So it was all a success, I feel. And for rope droppers, I'm kind of surprised that you were late. Well, we were the very second. We Well, we were the first people to start checking in. But we had – so the tra- our travel party was our five and my mother-in-law. So there was one couple that was right behind us. We were the first people at the cruise terminal. 
Um, and then this other couple was behind us. They ended up ahead of us through the check-in because there, there was only two of them. And so we had a pretty good conversation with them at five different stops. Um, the gentleman that was in that group, he actually worked on Fantasmic at Disneyland, and he's a parade producer now works on Paint the Night um, at Disneyland. So he explained all the multiple reasons why Paint the Night will not be coming to Disneyland or Disney World in any way, shape, or form. If something similar does come, it would have to be significantly different from what he has worked on. So there's a lot of electrical issues with water on Paint the Night, and that is why it won't be coming to Florida because it has to be able to run in the rain. That's a bonus thing that you're getting yeah, on this we, podcast. We not, just, some, not just not uh, just you know a travel trip report. Got, We're getting all sorts I got of information. Some things that as I was asking more and more questions, my son chimes in and says, "Yeah, he does a Disney podcast." And then it became, well, you can't say this and he'd tell me stories. You can't, don't say this. And then he'd tell me stories. But the paint in the night stuff was before he was saying, like, off the record. So, so no, he's a journalist who is uh, finding the loopholes. Yeah, he could not appear on the podcast, but he, uh, he did say some, it was some interesting conversations with him. So that was fun. It passed the time really quick for me. Didn't help Claire, though. She was bored to tears. But uh, we finally got on the ship. We're Wonderful, ready. and you were, uh, and let me guess, your first stop on the ship was Cabanas? Yes and no. So the whole family, they headed up to Cabanas. I went to the Port Adventures desk because on the Navigator, it said that there was uh, a character breakfast, which normally character breakfasts are only on seven-night or longer cruises. Ours was a five-night, but we saw that. We were surprised. Like, oh, I don't think there would be a character breakfast. So I go to the Port Adventures, and the girl standing there, as I'm walking up, she goes, there was a typo on the navigator. There is no character breakfast. And I kind of stop, say thank you, and turn around. So typo on the navigator. So then up to Cabanas, um, I think my mother-in-law was already overwhelmed with the options and choices. And Alden, of course, got a whole bunch of seafood that he took one bite of and remembered he didn't really like it. And then uh, I made myself an ice cream sandwich to end the meal as every meal should end at Cabanas. And you sent me a picture, so thank you for that, making me jealous already. I do what I can there. You do. Well, this was a five-day cruise, and how many days did you have at sea, and then what were your uh, stops? So we had our uh, embarkation from Vancouver, then we had a full day at sea. Then it's essentially a day at sea, but it looks like a port day when you're looking at it. You do the, we did uh, Endicott Arm. It's a fjord that you sail down. So that was a day just at sea, but was something to do. And then our next day was at Ketchikan, Alaska in port. And then another full sea day. And then we were back in Vancouver. So only one day where we got off the ship, but technically two port days, even though you don't port with anything in the um, glacier type situation. So that was the overall rundown. And you get a on the seven day. So if you are thinking about doing a seven day, you do get those extra port and excursions. Two more ports. You get Juno and Skagway, and Juno is awesome because one, it's the capital. You can say you've been to the capital if that matters, and uh, it's by a glacier, so you get another. A lot of the excursions like go to the glacier and around it. Skagway has the famous um, train that just about everybody takes up the mountain. Um, that's the big port of entry there, but we did not have those options. But like I said, five nights was better than zero nights. 
All right, let's take a break from the porch real quick because I want to get into the on the ship details. Now, myself, Doug, while you were there, I was doing some YouTube videos and doing some virtual tours, trying to live right along with you. And so uh, this will be kind of fun to talk about because I've always wanted to go in the wonder. But let's talk. Well, you're a food guy, so let's just jump right on into dining. Uh, some really amazing dining. And the wonder is pretty really recently refurbished. So you yep. got to try some new restaurants, including one that I've on my list is Tiana Place. But let's talk about your uh, three sit-down meals. And for you guys who don't know, Disney Cruise does do meals a little bit differently than other cruise lines, if you want to elaborate into that, Doug. Yeah, so they do rotational dining. So you get assigned to a main dining hall uh, each night. So it was a five-night cruise, so we had five assignments. So we started in... Tiana's Place the first night, then we went to Triton's, and then we went to Animator's Palette, then back to Animator's Palette, and then we finished up at Tiana's Place. You'll get each of those restaurants their rotational dining menu, and then those extra two nights we got a specialty menu. So on our very first night in Tiana's, we didn't get the Tiana's Place menu, we got like the welcome aboard menu. So all three dining halls served the same thing that night. Didn't matter where you went, you got the same food. Uh, but we did get to go to Tiana's, which I think was nice to get to go there twice. So, like, the restaurant we were only in once. We were in Triton's just once. So we got its rotational menu that night. And your wait staff goes with you, so they get to know you. Like, they basically might as well have brought Samantha and Claire's food from the gun, like mac and cheese. It's like mac and cheese, french fries, and vegetables. That was it. And then Samantha gives all her vegetables to Claire. It's Claire loved it. But then we got Animator's Palette twice so one night was the rotational night the other night was the frozen menu because one night they have a frozen freezing the deck away uh party up on deck and so that's frozen night uh, which oddly enough they don't do the frozen show on the frozen night oh that's, it makes that yeah, makes no sense no sense at all um so we got the frozen menu in uh, animator's palette which was the first time we've ever gotten a specialty menu in animator's palette because they do stuff with the screens we've never gotten pirates night in animator's palette um we've always had regular um animators menus there so it was kind of neat to see the screens all frozen themed so that was kind of cool to be in animators on that night it was probably the best place and then we had to wait till the very last night for the real tiana's menu um, which was awesome, and there's a live band, and Tiana's Tiana there. Tiana comes, comes out, every, yeah. Every table. Louie the alligator just what, kind of basically runs past you. So food-wise, all was excellent. The frozen menu is great. Um, the Tritons is pretty much the same as Royal Court, Royal, Royal Palace, and Lumiere's. Like, the menu between the ships doesn't seem to vary. Um, so that's kind of weird animators palette similar menu between all four ships as well uh the welcome board menu similar between all four ships the frozen menu specific to the wonder though because uh, that's the ship they do freezing the night away on um so the other ships have the pirate menu going on on those nights now tiana's let's well what i'm really going to talk about tiana's the dessert menu is fabulous mm. there's beignets there's a chocolate ganache type cake kind of like a king cake but not really and then there's a uh, banana foster sundae, similar to like the Ohana bread pudding if you take away the bread pudding. And then there's a vanilla, no, chocolate bread pudding with vanilla sauce, something like that. All of them were things I wanted to eat at the same time, but I didn't have enough stomachs for it all. Um, I had some jambalaya sea bass that was really good for my entree there. 
And then the live band is great. It's uh, an odd ensemble. Um, it's a tenor sax, a guy that sings and kind of uses a box as a drum, and then a stand-up bass. Uh, and so they use pre-recorded like drums and a few other things that they play with. But on a cruise line, you can only have so big an orchestration, right? So uh, they were good, very talented. Um, and Tiana sang a little bit with them, you know, the couple songs. And then we had an awesome seat. We were right by the stage, right by it. Um, perfect seat. But after music starts, evidently everybody thinks it's okay to let their four-year-old get up and run up there and run around like they're at a wedding reception and like slam into people. Alden was worried he was going to stab somebody with his knife while he was, you know, holding it because they kept bumping into his chair. Um, someone hit my mother-in-law on the head. So we had the best seats. And the worst the seats. Worst seats. So I think I, I tweeted something like that, kind of like a teaser. That's why it was awesome until, like, shenanigans happened. Like, come parent your child. And then the parents that did come up there are so concerned about where their little snowflakes at and taking pictures of them that one of them bumped into me. And, of course, I gave them a look like they didn't even see the look because they're only focused on their snowflake who could melt at any point. If you're that worried about your snowflake, don't let them run around in the mosh pit of four-year-olds. Okay, I'm done, Derek. I'm uh, done. Well, I know, your man I know Tiana, well, I know, Tiana, it, it looks like an amazing place. It's definitely on our list, but you've kind of been a good transition into our next topic because besides all the rotational dining, there are some adult dining on Disney cruise ships, no kids allowed, and... I know you and Michelle were celebrating your 15 wedding anniversary. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. And I know you guys did go to at least maybe not not a dinner, but you did get to have some kid-free time and have a meal together. We did. In 15 years, I really don't know how she put up with my rambling and my snoring that long. I just, I don't know. It's amazing. I can't believe she's put up with me that long. She hasn't wised up yet. I'll just say it like that. I'm lucky. So 15 years. Uh, we went to Palo Brunch actually on our anniversary day. Um, it was that first day at sea. I She originally was thinking Palo Dinner. And then I reminded her, like, the regular rotational dining food is fancier than we are. We're not that fancy and sophisticated of uh, palates at our house, especially her. I kind of said that right in front of the waiter, and she's insulted. And then she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. My palate is not that refined. And then so Palo Brunch – is a nice mixture of really familiar food and like not so familiar food and really fancy food. It's it's good. Like you're not gonna go away hungry because it's too fancy. Because there are times where like the food might be too fancy and we were like we don't need dinner. Brunch was great. They have sticky buns to you know. Um, she had the chicken parmesan. I had the lasagna. It like melts in your mouth. It's magical. The best lasagna I've ever had. Sorry, Mom, but it's true. She had the lasagna on our last cruise, and she agreed. Like, she can't compete with that. So I had told her that beforehand. She's like, okay. But that was what we did. That was our adult dining. We did brunch. Um, we also didn't want to risk booking a dinner and having it be the night that we had Tiana's. We didn't want to risk that. So that's another reason we did brunch. But the second time we did brunch, and it was just as good the second time as the first time. I, I have yet to go to Palo, so that's definitely on my bucket list, and it's good to, you know, if you don't want to miss one of your rotational dinings, check out a brunch. I think that's a really good tip that people don't think about. Yeah, and you have to have a sea day to get the brunch. So 
they don't have those on the three night dreams. So you got to do something a little longer to be able to book the brunch. And you know, on your first Disney cruise, I don't necessarily recommend it, but your second, definitely. All right. Drop well, the kids off and go. Well, speaking of dropping the kids off, let's talk about your kids. Uh, I know we, we kind of talked earlier a couple weeks ago about if your kids were the right age for an Alaskan trip. And uh, thankfully Disney does have some amazing clubs so did your kids take advantage of them or are they are they finally getting a little too old no they all went to the clubs various times so our kids can all check themselves in and out of the clubs we gave our seven-year-old permission to check herself in and out um we were on floor six aft we were essentially like 20 feet from the stairs go down the stairs around one corner there's the oceaneers club right past the buena vista theater it's very close to our room. Claire went down and checked herself in a couple times from the room on her own because the older two didn't want to go at that time. Um, the older two went for various things. They both used iPods that had the app on it and were texting. We got a glimpse into our future where my son put me on a group text with Samantha and myself, and I spent most of the five days just getting random emojis. Um, i really concerned about my future once they have phones. But uh, they use the kids' club a lot. I know Alden has a lot of thoughts he wants to share um, about the kids' club that he, I don't know, uh, he did all the Avengers things because oh, it yeah, does they, have the new Avengers Doctor Strange and have, area. And they have the Frozen area, which looks they really have, cool. And... The Frozen area, here's how Samantha summed up the Frozen area. So the Imagineers drew up a great piece of artwork to show people how pretty it is. But they forgot that there has to be something to do in it. Mm. Yeah, that was her review. Is They're more concerned about the concept art than the function. And Claire's like, yeah, there's like three iPads in there. They don't even have Frozen games. It's like, okay. Yeah, they were not impressed with the that area. But they definitely like Andy's room with the slide. Um Claire is like jealous of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse area. Like... Where was that three years ago? You know, because it looks just like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with, you know, toodles and all of that stuff going on. And they work in the Lion Guard and Sophia and, uh, oh, the Tomorrowland guy. What's his name? Man, I'm getting Miles. old. Miles. I don't watch Disney Junior anymore. But, yeah, Clara is kind of jealous. She's like, yeah, I'm too old for it, but it looks good. And she Is she not – kind of, is she not – are your uh, kids not going in the tween clubs yet? So Samantha could. She did not step foot in it the whole cruise. Um, she met a few kids in the Oceaneers Lab and Oceaneers Club that were her age, and they said they talked about how the Edge just is so boring. There's nothing to do there, and it's like the Edge is perfect for the kids that want to be there, um, but they allow those kids that don't want to be there to still go to the Oceaneers Club. So you can find the right personality spot. Samantha, personality-wise probably belongs in the Oceaneers Club and Lab more than Edge. I guarantee you, though, when Claire is up there, she's going to, like, the day she can go to Edge, she will be like, see you, suckers, and, like, be out of there. So there's there's enough overlap that it allows kind of – because everybody kind of matures at different ages on what they want to do socially. So I would st- that's nice. After, after going on the Disney Dream and flying the Millennium Falcon, I'd have no problem hanging out in the kids' club. Yeah, I could see Alden going, just doing that, and then like, see, I'm going to Edge, but because uh, he already said the Edge has better video games, like, yeah, 
Yeah, it does, Alden. You're right. There's higher ratings on their games because they have some more graphic things that they allow because you are older. But, uh, yeah, they're really looking forward to Vibe. Like, there you get real video games. Well, yeah, because you're a teenager. Are you a teenager? No, you're nine. Shush. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do a, a, In about five years, we'll have to do another trip report and, and hear how they do and compare it to this one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, one of my favorite things about any Disney cruise is, of course, the deck parties, families kind of getting to have some fun dancing. And so you got to experience uh, some really cool ones, of course, including the new Frozen deck party. So uh, let's hear your review of the deck parties. Cool. That was a good one, Derek. It was cool. Actually, it was about 76 degrees for the freezing the night away party uh, when we were in Ketchikan. I saw a picture Uh of you in shorts and it actually trended a little bit on Twitter. The only time I did not have shorts on was when my wife told me to change into pants. I'll just say that. There was no point in the cruise where it was too cold for shorts and flip-flops. It was ridiculous weather. But uh, it was great. So the Fleecy and the Night Away Party. Well, let's start at the beginning of the cruise. The um, Adventures Away. away. Oh, Adventures. So on the Fantasy and the Dream, it's the Sailing Away Party. On the Magic and Wonder, it's the Adventures Away. Adventures Away is... Not as good as sailing away. My kids say so. My wife says so. So I'll have to agree. I'm mainly more concerned about not letting people stand on us because, like, it starts and everybody's like, oh, what's this? And they come and climb over you after you stood there for a half hour. Um, so that's more my job than watching. I'm more protecting my children from getting stepped on. But uh, uh, the Ventures Away party is just what it is. It, eh, you know, we actually started sailing before it started. Like, right as it started, we're already moving. And in Vancouver, you go under the Lionsgate Bridge, and you only clear it by like 30 feet. Depending on the tide, it can be slightly less or slightly more. So it's pretty cool going under a gigantic suspension bridge um, right there. So we went and got a spot more to look up at the bridge rather than watch the show. And then we have this freezing the night away party, and they played sing more songs not from the movie than from the movie – it was really weird. Olaf was on stage for 80% of it. They did his, you know, in summer song, but then they also did like hot, hot, hot and other songs like that. It was like a bad Disney sing-along soundtrack. I don't know. They never sang love is an open door or, you know, the fixer upper song. I'm I'm not going to lie. This is not a bad thing. I think I've heard those songs so much that I'm good without them. Yeah, but they didn't replace them with anything of quality. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, they find Elsa because they had to find her. She was lost on the ship. You know, they had to shoehorn a plot in there. And then she comes out. They sing Let It Go, and it snows, and then it's over. And it's like, poof, done. Um, that's it. It was uh, standing around for a long time for a questionable show. I'm gonna so question- compared, compared to the Caribbean, the pirate parties? Where, well, uh... the, so the pirate parties, drag the one with Mickey – is all right because it's just Mickey and gang out there. That's an okay show. The one with Jack Sparrow, um, plot point wise, has about as much plot points as the Frozen show, where you're like, "What are we doing again? Why are we okay? Fireworks!" Except with the uh, Frozen one, you don't get the end of like, "Ah, fireworks!" You get snow and confetti. I don't know. We are hard. We we're, we're hard on the the old DCL deck parties. If you really like dancing to random songs you'll love it if you want to see like quality show entertainment probably not for you that would be us 
or we can transition into the shows in the Buena Vista Theater. Uh, or the Walt Disney Theater. The Walt Disney Theater. Yeah. Buena Vista, that's where you, the movies. There I go. watched Buena Vista. I did. I watched Cars 3. I didn't get to see that because my family went without me while we were on our rope drop trip. So I finally got to Cars 3. Um, it was awesome. I saw it at 8.30 in the morning one day on a sea day. Or no, actually on our day into Indicott Bay. We weren't in Indicott Bay yet when I went to see it, so there really was nothing much going on. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, and Spider-Man Homecoming was playing on there, so I applaud the distribution of Sony allowing their, – they're working with Marvel. That was awesome that it got to be um, on the cruise ship. So that's a good shot, sign for things to come with Spider-Man. Well, and I also love that they do play first-run movies on the ship. And so that's a, a great thing. But then let's talk about the Walt Disney Theater because a lot of right. people love the Broadway-style yeah. production that you get on there. Really yes. great shows. And so uh, let's talk about the ones that you got to enjoy. So they had a Welcome Aboard or Be Our Guest show the first night where it's kind of a little bit of talking. They do one musical number from the two two of the stage shows, and then they have one of the variety – or both of the variety acts that were on board with us did a little bit. So you get introduced to the variety acts. We had a juggler and a ventriloquist. So we saw them for the first time that first night. That's kind of the first night show. Second night was Golden Mickey's. We decided to skip that. All the kids had various things they wanted to do instead. Um, they have seen the Golden Mickeys four times. They were good. We were good. We've seen it five times. So, like, okay, yeah, we can go elsewhere. Um, my mother-in-law was beat. She was tired. So I don't think she missed out on anything. She also discovered you can watch it on TV. So um, I think she did watch it. And uh, then there was... Let's see, Dreams, Disney Dreams, which is like Peter Pan gets a little girl to believe in her dreams and visits different movies. It's a you know variety of Disney songs, uh, a lot like Golden Mickey's, but with a plot. That's how I describe it, with a plot. It's pretty good. We've seen it before. Um, I can't remember which other ship it's on, but we have seen it. And then there was the Frozen, a musical spectacular. And... Uh, it was good. It was very well done. Uh, you can tell it had definitely the same team that's working on the Broadway production, do costuming, set design. Uh, they use a lot of technology throughout the whole theater to freeze things, thaw th things. So they really encase you in the story. Elsa, the lead, was really good. She hit all the notes she's supposed to on Let It Go. And Anna and Hans and Kristoff, all well cast. Very good. Very good cast. So... It was really good, really enjoyable. Not a Frozen fan. Claire even liked it. My kids learned that their grandmother has never seen Frozen, and they questioned that. And, like, she didn't know that – here's a spoiler. Sorry out there. Hans was the bad guy. So when he first said that line about if only somebody was loved you, you know, when she needed true love's kiss, you know, she, like, gasped. It was – she's probably the only one in the theater. I'm, I'm still shocked that – there's someone out there who hasn't seen Frozen. I'm shocked I had to say spoiler alert about Hans being the bad guy. So it, it's uh, it was pretty good. We all enjoyed it. Michelle even enjoyed it. She does not like shows that much. She even liked it. Claire liked it. And she says she's a Frozen hipster. So 
She liked it before it was cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some excursions. Always a good uh, get a lot of questions on. We got to see some of your pictures. Definitely, uh, you did some interesting things. So you were uh, in Ketchikan, and it looked yeah. amazing. And so, so Ketchikan, uh, we only had one port day, so yeah. it's a little different, right? So uh, we decided to go big or go home type of thing. Except when you're looking at Alaskan excursions, and you say go big or go home. I don't really mean go big because you could drop $1,000 per person in Alaska without even batting an eye on some of those excursions. They are insane. But uh, we dropped up not even close to that, but what I consider a lot of money on an excursion, and we did a private float plane. Now, we did not book through Disney. We booked through a place that was like $50 cheaper per person. Um, Michelle works with shore trips a lot, so we booked direct with them. Um, they're a supplier and, uh, there's no problems in that. They don't want you to miss your ship any more than you do, because if they miss, they, you know, it's credibility for them. That's their income source. Um, the people that got off the plane before us were with Disney. Um, but we were not. So and we paid less for the same thing. So one thing about having a good travel agent, they can help you find the excursions, but we got, uh, I don't know how long we we're in there, close to two hours flying around. And um, I could not do that without a patch on. My gosh, the motion sickness. would I wouldn't have made it 10 minutes without puking. I had to – did I ever text you a picture of my seat that was in? No. Did I ever post one? Nope. Okay, well, I'll post a picture. I sat in the cockpit. Well, I mean it's little. I sat in the front seat next to the pilot. So I had all the controls in front of me too. Every now and then he'd reach over and flip some random switch in front of me. So I spent half the flight being surprised I'm not throwing up. The other half the flight um, trying my best not to bump anything and crash us into the side of a mountain. But uh, he kept asking how people were going. You have a headset on. You push a little button to talk. And Alden kept randomly pushing, going, this is awesome. You know, he just randomly yelled that to everybody. The pilot was getting a kick out of him. And uh, my mother-in-law kept saying similar things, but in, you know, not the same way a nine-year-old boy says it. But, uh, you know, I, he kept checking on the motion signal. He says, all right, we're going we're gonna to do a hairpin turn, come back around and look at that waterfall. And, like, because he was, like, double-checked, triple-checked on the motion sickness. And then he just, like, up in the air, like, we're flying sideways. And there's this waterfall at the window that's, like, I don't know, 200 feet tall. And it was crazy. And uh, then we landed on a lake, got out, got a little breather because it was crazy hot. It was over 80 degrees. And uh, air, little airplanes are not meant for that. It was like being in a car with all the windows and doors shut. So it got quite warm. We landed. Alden, like, laid off the the floating dock they were on and, like, splashed himself with water. That was probably, like, 40 degrees. He cooled off really quick. And then he chased Claire around. We were worried she was going to fall in. Then we got back in the plane and flew Flew around some more. We saw a whole bunch of mountain goats and eagles and all kinds of nature. But the float plane was worth it. I wasn't really sure. Like, well, you're just going to fly in a plane. And then he knew we were with the Disney ship, right? So rather than approaching from one side of town, he's like, we're going to change our approach. We didn't really think much of that. Like, okay, you know, maybe the tower told him to. But I could hear him talking to the tower from where I was sitting. He's like, we're going to come in blah, 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 and said a whole bunch of stuff. Well, we basically flew down right over the wonder one way, flipped around, and then like came right back past it. So we got some really cool pictures. Yeah, I saw those pictures. Those were incredible. Yeah, like we were 
we're almost like we're on the sixth floor. We're almost like eye level with our cabin as we're coming in to land on the water. So normally all the other planes were landing from the other side, but he came and like flipped us right around the wonder. We went right over the top of it. It was pretty cool. Um, and that was in the afternoon. That was just part of our day. In the morning, we did a walking tour. Uh, we went to the Alaskan Discovery Center, uh, learned a little bit about the rainforest and how it rains 360 days a year in Ketchikan. We were there one of the five that it doesn't. And we learned a whole bunch of about salmon and totem poles. So that was good. Some education. And then we uh, walked around uh, Creek Street and some other areas. And it was the day of the Blueberry Festival. So we were in town the day of their biggest festival of the year in this little town and uh we at, at a gift shop we asked the girl that was you know helping us check out like where should we eat and she told us like the three restaurants we already walked past and i go no no where would you eat not where should tourists eat where should we eat to like where would you eat she's like oh and gave us three totally different restaurants so we walked to the first one Sign, a little handwritten sign on the door, closed for Blueberry Festival. Walk to the next one, closed for Blueberry Festival. Third one, closed for Blueberry Festival. We end up back at the touristy restaurant that was open. So we tried. We really tried. Um, so there's a burger place. You can walk right through the tunnel. It's right there on the right. If you're in Ketchikan, you'll figure it out. The tunnel right to the right. It's not that big a town. That's where you're supposed to eat. We did not get to eat there. It's like Burger Queen. It sounds like a generic Burger King, but it's not. So – Somebody eat there. Let me know how it is because we tried, but it was closed for the Blueberry Festival. Well, was this a day that you got to see uh, Fisherman Mickey and all of them in the, that gear? No, that was – so that was our day um, going to the glacier. So That, that that's might be one of my favorite day. pictures of, of all time. I, I yeah. called that Deadliest Catch Mickey, and now yeah. I want a picture of it. So it's not really a port day, but it was probably the biggest day of the cruise. It's like the purpose of an Alaskan cruise. We The day I watched a movie – and then basically from lunch on, we stood in line to meet characters, which sounds like the most colossal waste of time ever on a cruise ship. But the characters were meeting on deck 10. That's the highest deck and the open deck. But the whole purpose of the day is to look off a of deck 10 or 9 or 4 at the scenery. So the line goes right along the rail. So the whole time we're in line, we just got to watch exactly what we'd be watching if we weren't in line. It's just we had to keep randomly moving. And uh, ours worked out almost perfect to where we got um, the Dawes Glacier in the background of our picture with Fisherman Mickey or Deadliest Catch Mickey, as you named him. And that was pretty awesome. And, you know, in between, we shutters came fast. They came, took lots of pictures of us. Our buying the pictures from shutters definitely paid off on this trip. But seeing the glacier is like, I mean, I don't know how many stories tall it is. It's like 15, 16 stories tall. When you see a wall of ice dwarf the ship that you're on, it's kind of crazy. And we're still quite a ways away from it. And I guess, according to a lot of the crew, is we got really close it was we were one of the closest of the season so that was like when the crew comes out and is taking their own pictures you know like yeah it's something different than normally happening here and there was a ton of eagles like tons of waterfalls and you're going down this fjord there's points where you look to the left and you're like that rock is like right there and then you look to the right and you realize holy cow it's only like 50 feet that way too like, they're just shooting down this narrow little fjord, and it's crazy. But that is the whole thing about an Alaskan cruise. It's not about 
getting a suntan, but definitely seeing nature and seeing the glaciers before they all become water, and we're all under it. But uh, we got to see a calf, too. We got to see a chunk fall off in the water, which is really loud and created a wave. Um, got to see lots of seals just laying on um, icebergs. They also went fishing for a couple icebergs that they brought onto the ship. And so, you know, that night Alden was petting the glacier. That's what he said. It was an iceberg. But uh, they have to – they try to catch those for research purpose. If you're going to go down it, you got to do something to help, you know, scratch our back, scratch yours type of thing. You know, they let them down the fjord. You catch it, and they test it. They check for various things. Um, they drill into it, capture the air out of the bubbles, and they can, like, carbon date the air. They can see the chemical makeup of the air to know how old that ice is. They also have a naturalist on board. He gave talks all week um, in the Walt Disney Theater in the afternoon. I went to one um, about animals there. And then all the others were on TV. Once I discovered they were on TV, I kind of – they were just on a loop playing over and over. So I kind of got the other two watched throughout the week. But that day was awesome. They're all in their Alaskan outfits. So if you're a character hunter and you want some Mickey and Minnie and all the others and outfits you won't see anywhere else, you got to go on Alaskan cruise. The, <sighs> no, yeah. it was, those were cool. I, I, I never it even cool knew day. that uh, Mickey did the fisherman outfit. So and I, I so was kind of shocked when I saw it. I was like, that is a huge win. It, yeah. And Goofy's like in a skiing outfit and uh, Daisy and Donald are in like uh, flannel um, before I went on the trip, you know, Michelle's like, why are you packing shorts? I'm like, I'm going to wear shorts. I, I do not get cold. I, I am very warm blooded. And I put on Twitter cause I needed somebody to back me up. Nobody backed me up. Joe, um, from, um, back to the mouse has been on here before. He, he did not back me up at all. He kind of helped make fun of my short wearing. And then you, you can verify I wore shorts like the whole trip. And so I'm in front of a glacier. I put on my stocking cap because I felt like we packed all these dumb hats. We're going to wear them. It's 70 degrees out, but we're wearing these hats in a picture. So we have some pictures where we look like it's actually cold just just for Christmas card purposes, I think. Yeah. Well, I like the pictures. You posted some really great ones. If you haven't, definitely check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And I know, Doug, throughout this week, you're going to be posting some more pictures of your trip oh, yeah. as well. And uh, let's uh, let's kind of wrap things up on, on the trip because I know there's a couple things I want to talk about because uh, you right now are wearing something around your neck. It says yeah. winner, 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 winner. So I must winner. ask, and, and I know you're doing this on purpose just to yes. talk about it. You won't let me get away with it without... So so Doug, let me ask you, Disney Disney has a lot of fun events and different things that you can win. So how did you win this giant Mickey medal that uh, is, is staring me in the face right now? We did uh, Disney trivia on the ship. And with a whole ship full of Disney people, it gets quite competitive. Um, but we won outright. No tiebreakers this time. Last time we won, there was a tiebreaker involved. So it was nice to be a clear-cut winner. And then the best thing about winning the Disney trivia the first time we did it is we don't have to bother doing it again because we feel it's not fair to continue to play. And we've taught our kids that. So they it's kind of nice because they have it a lot. And if we tried to play it every time, it would really, I mean, be time consuming. So we, we won. We got our medal. And then uh, Michelle let us wear it for all of an hour before she's like, all right, take those nerdy things off. So we didn't even wear them around all week. I'm Some hoping you wore that to the lot. office. 
Oh no! I could see you I, working on people's teeth. Tomorrow. I mean, I guess it would, it would maybe get in ding, the way. Yeah, get in the way. Like, of... Hit them in the head and stuff. So it's all kinds of awkward. But you are yeah, the Disney the... dentist, and that's a giant Mickey medal. Yeah. So we did. We did Disney trivia. We also saw both variety acts. Michelle and I went to the adult only variety act of the uh, ventriloquist. We didn't go to the juggler. He was on, I believe, the fantasy when we did our Star Wars Day at Sea cruise and. Uh, we didn't like his adult show. It just was like dirty. Like the jokes weren't funnier. They're just dirtier. And so, you know, there's a difference between just dirty jokes and funny jokes. I would prefer funny. So, um, but both of our variety acts were pretty good. Alden went to um, a juggling like lesson by the juggler and a ventriloquist lesson. Like from my mother-in-law took him to those. He kind of begged her. And I kind of looked at it. It'd be great bonding for you and Alden. So she she bit the bullet and went to both of those. Um, but uh, and we did the family show for both ventriloquist and juggler, and the kids love that. Um, and there's shows in the Walt Disney Theater as well. Well, sounds like you had an amazing time. And I and and here's a, if people haven't been on a Disney cruise, there is something going on every every second of the day so there's probably plenty of things we didn't talk about that you guys yeah. miss so oh. uh you know look yeah. it up and the navigator i know you have like five or six things going on every hour uh, so is there anything you missed you would hope to maybe one day go back on the wonder and do that is an excellent question derek i don't think we missed anything specific to the wonder a lot of the activities are pretty similar fleet wide the kids well, Claire, she Michelle already filled out the comment card. The last night, Claire went to the pajama party. It's Pluto's pajama party. They get to color a suitcase or a pillowcase, not a suitcase. My gosh. They color a pillowcase, and then Pluto usually comes and does it with them. And there's like a little dance party with Pluto. And she like – we didn't have time for her to go put on her pajamas. But she left dinner and like she went up the stairs to the room like ahead of Michelle. Like, no, we're going to the kids club. She just kept going to the room, went in, found her pajamas. Claire, by the time Michelle caught up to her, she's already halfway changed. She was like, okay, I guess you're putting on pajamas. She went and checked herself in. She was like mad at the world because we weren't going to let her change. So she went and changed. And uh, then she was mad because Pluto did not come to the pajama party. How could he miss his own party? Yeah. So she was upset about that. Um, they have a Pixar. The Wonder's the only one that does this Pixar party. Um, they have that on one of the afternoons. So they do a, like a tell we meet again thing at the end where a bunch of characters come out and then they disperse and there's a bunch of meet and greets and then they come back together, do one little thing and then they leave. And we thought the Pixar thing would be similar to that. You get like both rats from Ratatouille, Boo and Soli, uh, Woody, Jesse. Oh, all kinds. There, I I don't know how many there were, but there was oh Doug and Russell, a lot of Pixar characters. Oh, Incredibles, but they just dance. It's just a dance party. Michelle mm-hmm. was expecting meet and greets, so that just yeah. about killed her that she couldn't um, get a meet and greet with Boo, because she had me like trailing Boo, so I was ready to be in line for them to come join us. But um, so Pixar party was kind of not what she expected, but it was still cool to see all those characters. Ship's a great way to meet and greet characters. You definitely get a lot of opportunities to do that. So yep. hopefully you have a bunch of pictures that you can share with us. Oh, uh, I will. Throughout more the than week. I, more than I care for. All right. Well, I think, for an I think that is a, 
everything that, you know, we're running low on time, so we've kind of talked a lot about your trip, but at the beginning of the show, we mentioned that you had been on all four ships now. You've been on six Disney cruises, and you'll probably be on ten here in the next year. So, <laughs> but right now, let's let's talk about them. Uh, before the next three ships come out, let's look at the Magic, Wonder, Fantasy, and Dream. Doug McKnight, which one is your favorite? I I think I'm gonna go with the Fantasy as my favorite. I like the little bit bigger ships. They don't have the bottlenecks. They like when you're on the Magic and Wonder. After doing the Dream and the Fantasy, you can see like, oh, the layout's very similar in a lot of ways, like every a lot of identical things. But you're like, oh, they fixed that. They fixed that little problem because you run into some bottlenecks, some other things that they can't fix in a refurbishment because it's like you know the body of the ship. Um, just some layout issues. With my brother being a traffic engineer, I think he's rubbed off on me a little. So, I think I like the openness of the Fantasy and the Dream. And I like the fantasy just a little bit better than the dream. Um, you know, if I take all the itinerary stuff out of it, it's just the fact that the Aqua Lab was in it to begin with, so it fits better. Where the dream, it was like shoehorned in. So that makes sense. And the Satellite Falls was in uh, the fantasy to begin with, too. And I think that makes more sense where how it works. So I do like the fantasy just a hair better. It's also the ship I've spent the most nights on, so it probably has an unfair advantage there, but uh, it is what it is. I like the bigger ships. All right, well, we'll see how the next three ships kind of change the game even more. I'm sure that answer might change uh, once they all come online and we get to hopefully maybe do a rope drop radio trip. Someday, Derek. Someday. Well, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode, Doug. Welcome back. That has been five nights on the Disney Wonder Alaskan Cruise. And if you are thinking about doing an Alaskan cruise or any kind of Disney cruise, we highly recommend using Michelle McKnight. She is Rope Drop Queen, and she also has been on all four ships. So can help you plan the perfect, magical Disney cruise vacation as well as anything Disney World, Disneyland, or some other places. But yes, feel free to contact her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. And also be asking us questions. You know, get to get to know Doug and I a little bit more. We love answering them on the show. And you can get in contact with us through Facebook, Rope Drop Radio, or on Twitter. And Doug, hopefully in the future, we'll have another listener question episode coming up. Yeah. About time to to do. We're starting to add those up. About time to do that. So, well, Doug, I'm glad you're back. We'll probably text a lot more. I did miss getting your text messages. And uh, I'm sure you have plenty of food pictures you're going to be sending me, making me jealous throughout the week. Uh, it's almost a good thing that you didn't have service there for a couple days, so I couldn't yep. drool over my phone. So I am looking forward to seeing these pictures this week as this episode goes live. But that is it. And so for Doug McKnight, I'm Derek Sassman. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.